Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined tonight uh, by Justin Wells. Justin, you and I have seen a couple of football practices here in the last couple of uh, days. Longhorns back at it, first full week uh, underway uh, for the 2023 Texas Longhorn football program. Uh, Jerry Hamilton and I have already done a small, quick live stream post-practice number two today. Uh, please make sure you check that out if you need any of the latest information on that as well. Uh, tonight, we're going to be taking a lot of questions. Uh, I wanted to bring Justin in because uh, Jerry and I have talked a couple times. Justin is, has been at practice as well. I want to get his thoughts and kind of introduce you guys to some other uh, trains of thought here of, of people that have also seen practice as well. Uh, Justin, obviously a big-time member of InsideTexas.com and, and the staff doing a great job across the board. Uh, Justin, uh, let's just talk a little bit here. Uh, what were your main takeaways in the practice that you've seen? I mean, what, what were your thoughts? Um, initially, a lot of guys in shape. And I know you think, well, you know, that's that's part of the job. Well, no, I know that a lot of offensive linemen that were coming in from the last class and this present one needed to, to slim down, and I saw that. I, I saw a lot of those younger guys, they looked good. They looked, uh, you know, Malik Ogbo might have lost a little too much, Uh Andre Kojo looked fantastic. Trevor Gooseby looks fantastic. DJ Campbell looks terrific. He's aggressive. He's strong. He is. Uh, he worked a lot of tandem blocking under that first in that first practice. And so, my biggest takeaway was I thought those guys looked good. I thought that offensive line looked looked real slim, real trim. Cameron Williams is the most beautiful six foot six and a half, three hundred fifty five pound man I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> That, that guy is NF. That's a lottery pick whenever he decides to leave. Um, and so that's my biggest takeaway. That one and, you know, the heat. It is unbelievably hot. <laughs> and I'm just wondering how these guys are dealing with that right now because we practiced in the heat back in the day. Bobby, this just feels a little different, man. It's, a, it's oppressive. I've, I've been out there a couple times and – you know, even the shade, it's still hot. <laughs> you know, you can lean up against that windscreen all you want, but it's still going to be hot. Um, interesting. Uh, did the, I don't think the, I think the team itself, uh, and I pulled up this question from Russell because you started talking about the strength and conditioning program and how they're, they're not only healthy, but they're in pretty good shape. And, and even yes. within this, uh, that, that's one of the things that I've noticed. I mean, I've talked about it a couple of times now, the progression I've seen of Baron Sorrell. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was I was with Christian Jones uh, post practice. Uh, the the uh, sports information staff for the university made both Christian Jones and Byron Murphy uh, available adjusting to the media today. And so I, I went and uh, listened and spoke to those guys. It's interesting to me uh, just how much they both kind of talk about young guys that are putting in the work and you know, my, my thought process on that is Byron Murphy and Christian Jones need to take a bow themselves because the young guys are only doing what they see the older guys doing. No question. You know what I mean? And so I, I mentioned this earlier, too. I saw B.J. Allen, who's a sophomore, yes, telling another young defensive back where to go in the secondary today and where to line up. That That is a sign of improvement. Right. I mean, it, it's it's pretty darn interesting. It's a sign of buy in. 
It, it's, it's a sign of development life. because BJ needed to shed weight in the spring to, to keep his progression. And what did he do? He got in great shape. He actually made a few plays late in the spring game. So that's a good example of a lot of those factors, Bobby. It's it's really interesting, um, you know, that that, that was going. Uh, I want to go ahead, just so you know, uh, plan for tonight is really simple. Uh, Justin and I are going to take questions. It can be on the team. It can be on recruiting. I think primarily should be on the team tonight. Uh, I know people are not going to be able to get away with that without asking about Kobe Black and Colin Simmons and Dominic McKinley and Zena. I, I, I get that, but it's going to be primarily about the team. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll just get y'all's questions in as we go. And we appreciate you guys joining us uh, again on the uh, Thursday night live stream here. Uh, I want to go to this one first because he got the very first question in. Uh, e. Kim, go to Outback Steakhouse with Bobby, Jerry. Well, Jerry's not here with me. Uh, Jerry is actually on his way back to Houston right now. Uh, and so he's not going to be able to join us. I don't think he made it to Outback Steakhouse. He got caught in Austin traffic this afternoon. Um, the question is, is Andre Kojo the most surprising player from the 2023 class so far? He, and Justin, you mentioned him, okay? For me, I'm not so sure he's not the most surprising. Um, he's remade his body in what? Six months? Six months. Dras- I mean, drastically. Yeah. It, it just and he's still crazy. young. He's still, I think, barely 18. Or 17, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a young guy. And so I, I think that that's fair at this point. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, though, when the pads come on. So right now you're just talking about how do they look, not necessarily how do they play. I was surprised at how good Trevor Goosby looked. I felt like of all those linemen – he looked like the most college ready, so to speak. You know, that bat playing basketball gets you in shape, no question. And so I think that that's a, a byproduct of that. Gotcha. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, this one from uh, Kevin Johnson. Uh, do you see Benda, David Benda, putting up equal, better, or slightly worse stats than Overshone did last year? Justin, you go for that. And who do you think is most ready to take over that spot? Um, I don't think it's going to be equal. I don't think it's going to be equal. Uh, to me, they're a little bit different players. Uh, Benda's got a little bit more of a, a – in a, between the tackles, um, run stuff, uh, shooting gaps type style, whereas Overshone was more of a rover in a sense. And so I could see Benda having more tackles, actually, especially against teams that run the ball. Um, I, I think the production is going to be at that weak side linebacker is going to be more or at will is going to be more aggregate. It's going to be more a combination of a couple guys, potentially Mo Blackwell. You may see Leona LaFowle there a little bit. You could see Anthony Hill there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there for Jeff Choate to, to figure out. And so who's going to be the most ready to take over that spot? It's been just to lose. I feel like I think it's his to lose, but then at the same time, there's there's depth there now. There, there's talent that's been developed alongside Jalen Ford, who is a prime example of, of development and buy-in, if anyone in that's in the, on that defense. And so I think it's 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 not going to be so much equal to it'll be just different because they're they're different styles. Yeah, and and I don't think you're gonna see a guy that has better stats. Ben is not gonna like have yeah. more sacks than Overshone. Yeah, it, or it, well, well look, that we're at Right, right. It's not even that. It's just like I think more people are going to play that position this year. 
Right. Not right. only is Mo Blackwell going to get on the field a bunch, so is Anthony Hill. Yeah. Uh, and here, here's uh, uh, sacks from DeMarvian Overshone uh, as a senior last year. Uh, 12, uh, tw- 49 solos, 47 assists. See, I don't think that's 96 total tackles. I don't think Venda is going to play enough snaps to get no. those kind of stats. No. You agree with that? Absolutely agree. All right. All right thanks. It's hey, going to be, you. it's going to be, like I said, the aggregate, it's going to be a grouping of those guys. There's depth there now. Hey, this is a good question. A good uh, lump on with that. Steven Barrera is asking how many snaps a game is Maurice Blackwell getting? I'd say 15 to 25, some, somewhere in that na- neighborhood. What do you think? I'd agree if it doesn't count special teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he'll be on all those units. Every special teams unit possible he's going to yeah. be on. So I'll go 22-25. I got it. I think that's good. Speaking of special teams, this is a great one. With the apparent emphasis on from Dane McCon, uh, with apparent emphasis on special teams, do you think it makes more or less likely to install more fakes? I think that's if there's been an element of the special teams under Jeff Banks that has been lacking, it's been fakes. They just haven't tried many. Um, Justin, uh, Joe D. Camillus, the uh, former NFL special teams coordinator, boy, he was out there today. Yeah. Um, very interesting. And, and he was just tremendous, I thought. Uh, Jerry and I talked about this, just tremendous attention to detail, different types of drills. Um, he is all in right now. Um, and I think he's going to make a big difference in the return game for sure. I don't know about fakes and I don't know what he's, what his history is there, Justin, but I, I think Texas is going to break a punt or two for sure. Maybe more. And, and, and also, but here's the, an even better side question. Who is more, who is the most special teams coach you've ever met? Jeff Banks or Joe DiCamillis? Like who is into it more than the other one? They both because buddy, they both live and breathe it. That's the third element, third phase of the game. It said apparent emphasis. I think they just found a guy that can do tremendous things with Deacon Millis. It's always been important when you when you're talking about Jeff Banks. I think you start just basically double down. It's like okay, we're going to get something out of this now. Well, I mean, the reality of it is, is Banks has other duties. Exactly. This is a thing. He's a hardcore. You know he's hardcore special teams at heart. Yep. Um, Let's bring this one in, too, as well. Trevor Collins. Thanks, Trevor, for your question. Uh, Thanks, Dane, for yours as well. Any observations yet on Sayam Padat or Paul Christ or too early to tell? I I saw uh, Padat out there today. I did not see Paul Christ. Uh, I have to admit on that. I I looked for him briefly but didn't follow up. you know, I, I don't have, I think it's too early. Um, somebody asked uh, later in this chat this question, and I, I want to go into that. Uh, Aaron George, do you feel like Sadat coming in as an analyst signals a desire to be more chaotic with our linebacker play now that we have upgraded the athleticism? Sark talked about this on Tuesday. Sadat has some experience with the uh, four, uh, the four two five defense. It's like an eagle front uh, odd numbered front uh, that uh, they try to get more pressure on the uh, uh, on the quarterback. So I do think that that's part of the idea with him. I don't know if it's solely because uh, of the upgraded athleticism, though. Like uh, Demarvian Overshone's pretty athletic, 
uh, at linebacker, right? Um, I think that uh, rather it's just more because they know they need to generate more pass rush from the linebackers overall. Uh, so I think that's a good question, uh, Aaron. You have any thoughts on that, uh, uh, Justin? You nailed that one. Okay. All right. Um, let's go ahead and take this one because it, a lot of people have been asking. Uh, Josh Roberts is Josh Roberts is or is Josh Roberts is Colin Simmons a silent commit to Texas? We know Jerry probably knows, but can't say. Um, what is the latest you've heard on Colin Simmons, Justin? Well, Josh, that's a that's a that's a hard question to ask on a, a live stream on YouTube with a lot of people watching. Um, I, I think at this point, it's still Texas LSU. Both sides have confidence, Bobby. Both sides think they've done enough to win out in that recruitment. Both have different and unique things to offer. At one point, I felt like it was all LSU probably a year ago, maybe not even that long ago. Then after spring and into the summer, Texas really, really started getting that momentum building it back up, you know, he was going to announce when he, the date way before he, he scheduled this visit to LSU. So I think there's some recency bias because he just got back from, from Baton Rouge. You know, it's just one of those things where this was going to be a roller coaster from the start. Like this was going to be a bumpy ride, you know, that you were warned that the sign at Six Flags, when you walked up, you were warned. <laughs> and so I think it's going to be interesting. Inside Texas will be in Duncanville for the announcement. Um, but to answer your question, Josh, I, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't necessarily say that in public, but I will say the latest is it's Texas or LSU. I, I still feel like Texas has the tilt. I still like they, they, they have enough momentum. We'll, we'll have to see a little bit further into the future. I, I want to say this. So I used to cover national recruiting. Uh, not many, not everybody knows that. I've been covering Texas for so long. But I covered national recruiting. And this reminds me of a lot of recruiting battles that I saw back in the early 2000s where both teams thought they were getting the player. That That is kind of – that that idea has kind of mellowed out over the last 10 years where – Usually by, by the time it comes to, to pass, we know exactly where a player is going, most right. likely, at yeah. least within the last 24 hours. We, we have a, a strong feel. Um, that, that is not the case here. Um, and I, and I want to say this. Colin Simmons, I think he likes two schools. That's, that's the reality of it right now. He's got to decide which one he wants to go to. And we'll see where that ends up. I, I, I like, like Justin said, I think both sides have reasons to feel some confidence, but until we know, we, we don't know. So that's, that's where it's at at this point. All right. Going to go to another question. Uh, this is a fun one. Dax Kelm, a uh, super chat. Thanks Dax. Uh, where should we eat in Tuscaloosa looking for breakfast, lunch, and dinner wrecks? Hook them. Um, you need so, to bring them to us. Oh, no, 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 no. I, so what do you, what do you, okay. Tell me all about so this. Barbecue. First of all, number one, I think that it, it's a night game. Um, you need to go to dreamland barbecue because it is a, it's a different, it's not Texas barbecues. So I'm not trying to, but go get the ribs. <laughs> well, let me just say that at dreamland barbecue. I don't know about breakfast. I've never like been there for breakfast. Uh, they also, um, it, it is not. Tuscaloosa is not a big town. 
Um, it, so it doesn't have a lot of these cool eateries. They have a lot of chains. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but Dreamland is probably one of the ones that I would um, I would venture to try. I think it's great. Uh, don't go to the Taco Bell, Taco Bueno type thing that they have there. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a chain that is like their version of like a Taco Bell, Taco Bueno. That is no bueno. I don't even know. I can't remember the name of it. I went there. I was like, this is not Mexican food. This is not Tex-Mex. Taco food. Deli. Oh, taco it, no, it's not any of that. Taco John. It's, it's, it's just Taco Bad. Taco Bad. Um, I don't even remember the name of it. Somebody told me it was really good Mexican food. And, uh, me and my wife went there and we were like, you've got to be kidding. It was, it, it Taco Bell was, was an improvement. Mm. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. So thanks, Dax, for the super chat. I'm not trying to. I hope I'm not making anybody sick to their stomach right after dinner tonight. Uh, but anyways, we'll keep going here. Um, let's go with this one. PD in Richmond, Texas. Do you think Texas can get seven plus sacks this year from the edge position? Um, I think so. I think Baron Sorrell, uh, Justin, listening to Christian Jones today, uh, Baron Sorrell is he's got a chance to get eight to ten. Uh, Sark, uh, and when I said listening to Christian Jones, the reason I mentioned that is because Christian Jones says Baron Sorrell is the hardest one to go up against yeah. for him. The second hardest, by the way, he said for Edge, he said Jure Bledsoe. He's he said another Jure, one that trimmed down a little bit. Yeah, Jure Bledsoe, he said, is the most athletic of those guys. I also mentioned uh, Ethan Burke as well. Yeah. So pr- pretty interesting group uh, overall there. Uh, but I – I also mentioned Sark. Sark wants him to be in that eight to ten uh, range, if all, uh, if it, if ever possible. All right, this one from Sky Dog. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Uh, did y'all question Herman's recruiting at the time? Seventeen receivers is almost blatant. There's no question why he was fired. Justin, yeah, you were covering recruiting for the Longhorns. You you answer this one. Um, I mean, is that the number? Of his is that the bus number? I think it was fifteen to it, it was definitely double digits, mid mid range double digits. I don't know if it was seventeen. He had more receivers on the roster than he did offensive linemen. Yeah, that is a fact. Yeah, and and and, and most of them, a lot of them were bust. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> at the time, you you, it's a good question because you know at each one had their own circumstance, like Devin Duvernay. That guy didn't actually commit to Texas or sign initially. So that one's kind of a, an outlier. And then you think about little Jordan Humphrey. Well, he played running back and Charlie brought him in. And so those are two of your better ones that went through when Herman was there. Colin Johnson, a Charlie Strong hangover, you know, holdover as well. And so, and then I think about the misses, the Garrett Wilson, those kind. And we definitely questioned Herman's recruiting when those recruitments started to go through. Quentin Johnston just blips to TCU without a visit. Like those definitely rose. Uh, you know, people started to pay more attention. And so, yes, we did question it. It took a little while because, like I said, little Jordan, Devin, Colin, guys could catch the ball, but those were Charlie's guys. And Devin was kind of a, you know, you know, uh, he's a bounce back. He, right. He was about yeah. Right. Right. And so, yeah, we definitely questioned after the Garrett Wilson. It was it was definitely uh, appropriate. 
Well, I think that this is what I would say to you. Um, I feel like uh, too often um, Tom Herman settled at multiple positions in recruiting. To use Sark's own terminology, he doesn't want to settle. Tom Herman settled on some offensive linemen because whether it was Tom Herman or Herb Hand or whoever couldn't recruit the guys, uh, you know, that they really wanted. He settled. Wide receiver, I think they settled. The, you know, there's some p- positions they recruited better than others. Don't not I'm running back, for example, they didn't settle too often. Yeah. Um, but my point being th- that there was a little bit of that. And uh, I will also add to Tom Herman's note, there was no transfer portal that he could tap into if he missed. Like one of these things about Sark doesn't want to settle. He's got a great fallback not to settle. He'll just go to the portal. Yeah. It's a different time yep. within yep. such a short window. Yep. All right, Sky Dog, thanks for that uh, super chat. Uh, Nathan Rains, let me ask you this one, uh, Justin. Uh, Nathan, re- uh, recognize your name here. Uh, will Anthony Hill be coming off the edge this year? Amen. <laughs> He's going to play a couple couple spots. I could see it will. I could see him coming off that edge. Listen, he has that natural athleticism. He has a natural bend. He can go, he can create that arc. I think it's going to have to happen. And I think what's funny is, you know, the question we had earlier about seven plus sacks, the sooner Anthony Hill gets in, finds a niche and becomes impactful, the quicker they're going to kill that seven plus sacks mark. Yeah. I want to say this. Um, uh, Byron Murphy, when asked who's going to play that's young today at, at the press conference, specifically mentioned Anthony Hill. When Christian Jones at the press conference was asked who's going to play early on the offense and the defense, he named several offensive players. And then then he said quickly, Anthony Hill on defense. And then, you know, and some other guys because he has, but he knew Anthony Hill's name. It, that was, that was revealing. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's his, uh, answer for Dax. Oh, this is good. Thanks, John, for the super chat. Uh, Chucks and River are two good, nicer places to go uh, in Tuscaloosa. De Palma's and Avenue Pub are good mid-level places. Nick's in the Sticks is a bit out of the way, but worth it. Who are the first off-the-bus guy guys on offense and defense? All right. Hey, somebody, uh, Matt, will you do me a favor, please, and take a screenshot of this so I can share this on Inside Texas for folks as well? Because we're going to want to use that uh, information later. Uh, for people that don't have a chance to catch this and, and are in uh, Tuscaloosa for the, the Texas-Alabama game. Uh, first off the bus for offensive defense. Hey, Justin, this is a good question. Why don't you and I do them separately? You do okay. your offense and defense. I'll do my offense and defense. You go first. My offense would be um, Cam Williams. <laughs> and my defense would be Byron Murphy. And listen, Devondre Sweat is a big dude. Trill Carter is a wide body. They got some length there, too. No, no. Give me Byron Murphy. Yeah. Hey, Justin, I got to say this. Mine, I would agree with you on Cam Williams, but I'm going to say a different one. Just because when he walks off the bus and you say, that's a quarterback, (laughs) Malik Murphy looks like a defensive end. He does yeah, not. He does. Look like a, I mean, he is stout. He's a stout. I mean, he's 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 not just an upper body guy that's worked on his upper body. He's got 
He's got the, a trunk too. Um, on defense, I would probably uh, go a little different. Um, I, you know, I I think Jalen Ford for his position looks like a million bucks right now. Oh man! I mean, you you agree with that? You saw him too. I mean, he just he's he, he's always had a good frame, and he looked better last year. He's up a notch. I mean, he's, it's, Jerry uses the term contract year, Justin. Yeah. Would you agree with that one? That one in the DBs, the yeah. corners particular, Derek Williams, Warren Roberson, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks. Ryan Watts already looks like an edge. These guys are bigger. These guys hey, are long. Hey, time out. Matt has some video queued up for us from today's practice of the DBs. I hope this is the one he's got. I hope you get to see this Ryan, uh, this uh, Derek Williams catch here coming up. If you guys get a chance, he's Jer- Derek Williams. There is number two. Uh, this is a little safety drill that that uh, Blake Gideon is running through, and th- this is a uh, Larry Turner Gooden going next closest to us. Uh, Mike Huff walked in front of me there a little bit. The guy in the black jumpsuits, Mike Huff. Here's uh, here's Derek Williams on this side. I think I think this is the ball where he actually skies for it. If I'm not sure. No, oh darn! All right, well we'll we'll figure that one out. Catalan, this is for people just watching. This is Jalen Catalan closest to us. If people want to get an idea of what his body looks like, he is Catalan's feet. That's what I was saying. I mean, just really unbelievable in that regard. He had crazy closing speed in high school. Yeah, really good center fielder too. Yep. Uh, I think this is going to be the one from Derek Williams, guys. We're limited on the amount of highlights we can show from uh, practices. Uh, I want y'all to know that. It only, it's a, oh, no, we missed it. Uh, here's the here's the uh, defense line. That's Byron Murphy getting after it, uh, going, after, going after this drill. They, they had a bunch of different stuff going on. Justin, let's go ahead and take some more questions. People can watch this uh, as they keep going, uh, or as we keep going here for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Matt says, I'll what position, what position is the weakest link at this point, in your opinion? Edge. Yeah. They just don't have, they don't have that, like Baron Sorrell is a definite, Baron Sorrell is going to have a good year. How good is, is up, is to be. I think he'll make a similar jump like last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's going to have another good year. Ethan Burke, we don't know if he's ready yet. Justice Finkley has some positives, but he also has some negatives. We same don't know. Tap. Yep, same with Tap. We don't know where exactly Jure Bledsoe really is holding up against the run at this point. Uh, so that's the one that has more questions than answers, I think, right now. Yeah. Right? And so for that reason, I would probably put that out there for you guys. All right, uh, Robert Muhammad, thank you for the Super Chat. What advice would you give uh, Savion Red? Um, keep your eye on the prize and ignore everything else. That's what I would say to him. You need it. You've got, you've got one thing you need to accomplish when it comes to football and that's getting yourself in the best shape possible, being out there and doing everything the coaches are asking you. Second part, schoolwork, get it done. Take care of your business. Everything else is superfluous when you're that age. Now, it may look fun and all this other stuff, but stay on the straight and narrow as much as you can. 
Uh, I will say this. Byron Murphy was asked, what running backs are the toughest for you guys to tackle? Two of them. Jonathan Brooks, number two. Savian Red, number three. CB4, Cedric Baxter. So keep that in mind uh, as we keep going here tonight uh, as well. All right, uh, this one uh, from, uh, oh, he's going to find this play. If this is the one, <laughs> that dude is a, that's, you, that's you know, Derek you know, you know they call him the Raptor. There's a reason <laughs> they call him the Raptor. He's Jurassic-like. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. All right, after watching, this is from Antonio Harris. Thank you, Antonio, for the super chat. After watching Alabama's spring game, we need a physical runner. Who gives us the best chance, runs hard, and with an attitude? Personally, I think it's Jonathan Brooks, Cedric Baxter. I think Keelan Robinson runs with an attitude, but he's not going to break a lot of tackles. Uh, I don't think Jaden Blue is going to break a lot of tackles. Uh, The two guys that do that are those two. And then Savion Red, there was some talk early in camp last last spring, if y'all remember, that he looked really, really good in that category as well. You agree with that group, uh, Justin? I do. I do. I would probably... Going into week one, Jonathan Brooks, Cedric Baxter, that would be my order by the end of the season. I think, you know, and I understand that this game's week two, so Brooks would be the answer. But by the end of the year, Cedric Baxter is noticeably bigger and larger than all the other running backs. And I think there's a reason he's going to be a guy that gets gets low in the hole and goes forward. There's going to be some packet. We're going to see some – Goal line, big jumbo top packages, top sets. At the end of the season, C.J. Baxter is going to be the one toting that rock. Hey, Byron Murphy says he wants a chance to tote it. He was talking about how he – Byron Murphy, Byron, did, I think he did that at DeSoto a couple times. He was. He said he was a running back until ninth grade. And then they, the, the reporting group uh, asked – I can't remember which one – asked him, well, why did you move from running back? He goes, I ate too much. <laughs> Hey, he's honest. He's honest, Justin. That's a good. He had an associate's degree before he enrolled at Texas, man. I know. I know. He's hey, this smart. Is, this, this is a good one from Nathan. What players that weren't expected to contribute much this season look like they will contribute now? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Can we say that yet? It's pretty soon. It's a little early. I, I'm I mean, going to say, how about we take this? Because how about maybe contribute more than you thought? So I was a little lukewarm on Gunner Helm, right? 
Because he has, first of all, I think he's going to have to play in some sets. But I, but he looks okay. No, he does. He does. Yeah, I mean, he looks. He's again that twenty five percent better, right? Right. He's, he looks. His body's more filled out. Like you will think he's when he first came, he was a little bit of a string bean, right? Last year, you saw a little bit of weight. He's gained a little bit more weight. Um, I've got one. Go for Casey, it, Casey Kane. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. At some point. That seal is going to be ripped off, and, yeah. and he is going to make a handful of plays. And there's not a lot to be made. You bring in an A.D. Mitchell around Whittington and Worthy and, and Jonte Cook and, and, and these guys, there's not a lot there. But honestly, Casey Kane has that type of mentality. And he, has, he clicks with the, with the quarterbacks at Texas as well. Yep. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, from Texas Boy. Super chat. When the pads come on, are they going to allow Catalan to light into receivers? I think on D, he's the guy I can't wait to see. Um, so I think I believe pads come on partially Saturday uh, night. Uh, so there's just to give everybody an, an idea. There's another practice tomorrow night that I'll be attending uh, as part of the media session. Uh, then um, they go dark a little bit on media for a while. So that's not unsurprising. It's it's what they've done before. Before we'll see exactly what it all means, but Saturday I believe the pads start to come on, and then early next week they'll take Sunday off, and then early next week they'll really get into it. I think a little bit more. Um, I, Steve Sarkeesian uh, and Pete Kwiatkowski both said Jalen Catalan's full go, and 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 he's known for lighting into receivers. Jalen Catalan is is a bullet, and so I, I'm curious to see how that shoulder is going to hold up. Because this, this this camp is going to be that early indicator. Gotcha. Um, talking about the edge recruiting for Texas, some people are worried about uh, Colin Simmons potentially going to LSU. That's natural. Right. Uh, it says still have uh, Jordan Ross, Danny Okoye, ne- uh, Zena Umiozulu. I would say this. I don't think Jordan Ross is in the cards. However, the one that you need to add to that list is Solomon Williams. Yes. Um, a young man out of Tampa, Florida, that they had in on an unofficial visit. He's going to come back this fall for an official visit. Uh, I am told that Texas liked what. They- so yeah, keep that one uh, in mind uh, for everybody as you as you go forward in this. Hey, uh, so- Danny, Danny Coye caught up with him earlier, enjoyed the Oklahoma visit. I think Oklahoma's coming back around a little bit on that recruitment. But listen, he saw Alabama a few days before he went to Norman and Nick Saban and those guys blew him away. Um, and, and so I'm still I think he's still wanting to take that the distance that that's a recruitment that you just it's not going to be real for Texas till he gets on campus. He really needs to get back on campus. I feel like that they're in it, that there's a great connection there. But Danny is really, really his profile is blowing up. And then with, with with Zena, that one remains, you know, he wants to take more visits. Naturally, I know his brother did. And, and his brother didn't commit till late in the cycle. I'm not saying they're similar because they are vastly different personalities. I promise you. But for Zena, I, I, you know, a lot of it's going to be, you know, hit where he feels at home. And also how much Neto potentially is involved in 2023. I think that's a big indicator. Neto wants to be in that eight group that Kyle Flood talks about eight offensive linemen. You know, Neto wants to be in that. If he's in that, in that rotation, I love Texas chances. If not, 
I think that's where you see Zena having backup options at Oklahoma, at Texas A&M, and et cetera. Got it. Um, here's one. Uh, <laughs> Justin, is Gary Patterson a silent commit from Clay E? <laughs> All right, Clay. That's a good, that's a good question, actually. He, he was not. I, he's not right now, guys. I, I just want y'all. Bobby, to why would you give it away already? Uh, we could have fun with that. I had, I had because I have some. I'm sorry, Clay. Time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Justin, you're hilarious. Uh, long story short, as of yesterday, nothing, nothing happening there. Uh, it does not look like that's going to happen. The longer I, it plays out, I know, think that's likely. Could something happen, you know, down the road or some uh, next week or something like that where the two parties can get together? Maybe. Uh, not sure uh, that it's going to happen as of right now, though. Uh, I don't know what this means, but Kaminsky9 just donated to the beer fund. Uh, thank you, Kaminsky9. Jeffrey K., uh, we appreciate it, buddy. Um, here we go. <laughs> Listen, Matthew <laughs> wants to make sure we're going to get to specific play. Hey, uh, question. Did Sadir Mitchell do anything to catch your eye today? Leonga LaFowle. Yes. So I spent the majority of the time with the defense today, Justin. Uh, Sadir, he's just huge. I mean, you can't, you can't. I got some great photos of him yesterday. He's I mean, wide. I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't appreciate how large some of these guys are until you see them in person. I, I talked to a, a, a friend of mine that's a, a former player at Texas, and he said he went and visited the offensive line yesterday. He said he felt like he was among the forest. You know, he, he goes, I felt like I was a sapling, and I'm, I'm in the forest. And this is a guy that played pro football, by the way. Yeah. I mean, so you're not talking about small people here. Sadir is one – and the fact is, Sadir is larger, for example – than Tavondre Sweat, appreciably larger. Please. That's a measurement that needs to be noted. Yeah, but you agree with me, right? 100%. No, yeah, okay. Tavondre yeah. Sweat is a ginormous human being. Right. Yeah, that, I hope people get get that set. Uh, Leongo for, yeah, that looks like a snack for Sadir. I got to say this. Leongo Lafau strikes me as a cerebral player. That's... And, and what I mean by that, not a lot of like a lot of these guys out here, the young guys, they get lost in the drills, right? They're getting they're over anxious. They have happy feet. Uh, just little things like that. Leon Lafau is very no wasted movement, yes. a lot of effort. That kind of that kind of linebacker, which leads me to think he may be a heady linebacker. Like he may be that kind of. Him and Anthony that, Hill you, are going to be tremendous. You, you think? You think that? Do you see what I I'm saying with Leonga? That's the thing with Leonga is that he he's he's got kind of he, he's he's got a linebacker type kind of body, but he's got a more skill worthy type mindset. And 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 people are I'm telling you, he reminds me of those early 2000s USC Trojan linebackers and safeties. He has a lot of that. Just a knack to know where the ball's at with weight, little wasted movement. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, hey guys, uh, thanks for everybody that came out, Rob. Uh, I, uh, we were at the crown and anchor briefly after practice today. I didn't get a chance to stop by until about five 45, uh, because of all the, the, uh, other commitments. Uh, but, uh, we wish Joe cook our managing editor at inside Texas. He is getting married in a week and a half. So he had a, 
uh, get together as well as one of our friends uh, heading off, uh, leaving town as well. So wanted to say thank you all to all of you who were able to come out and uh, hang out for a little bit. Eric Naline, thank you for the beers, I think, uh, on behalf of, behalf of everybody else. All right, Victor Santiago. Justin, who do you think will be our kick returners and our punt returners? I'm stumped. I didn't see them yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, all right. So I did not see kick return. I only saw punt return. Uh, it was A.D. Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy, John. That surprises Dexter. me a little bit with Mitchell. I saw yeah. Worthy. I do remember that. Yeah. Mitchell surprises me. Yeah, Mitchell is not as natural as Xavier Worthy back there or Jonte Cook. Jonte Cook took a lot of reps today. I could see Jonte on kickoff. Yeah, I, and not on kickoff, on punts. No, 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 I, I know, but I could see kick, him as potential on kickoff return as well. I would be very surprised, very, very surprised if Keelan Robinson isn't your kick return guy. Kick, kick return one guy. Uh, he almost broke one or two last year, uh, so I think uh, I think that's where I'm I'm at on that. All right, uh, talking with Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com, uh, guys. If you're not a subscriber to Inside Texas or unfamiliar with it, please give it a chance. Right now, we have a special one dollar for one month that gets you all the coverage through the rest of this month uh, in the uh, upcoming games, uh, upcoming 2023 season, or seventy-five dollars for a year at InsideTexas.com. This is a one-time offer only you can't take advantage of a special offer once and then try to get it a second time or anything like that one-time offer for new subscribers only thank you very much all right uh, bobby brown's asking how does bj allen look i got a chance to see him justin uh i i feel like he's building on what he created this, Listen, this past spring bobby it's my prerogative that bj allen looks a lot more slim he needed to and from coming and going into the spring, that was one of the points the coaches made to him at the end of last season when they have those exit interviews, exit meetings, so to speak. And so I think that's what he did. And he made some plays late in the spring. He's a guy that just let him work, let him chip away, but he does look better. Yep. Uh, fair enough. All right, Justin, let's go to the next one here. Uh, please get y'all's questions in. Uh, we still got time here. We're going to be on about 15 more minutes. Uh, we think. I think uh, I've got about 15 more minutes of voice. Yeah, you're you're hurting. You you get allergies, Justin? I take it. No. Just tired. Just, oh, oh, just a lot of OTF. Yeah, I got you. All right, Jared, Jared Voswinkel. How does 2023 Malik compare to 2022 Quinn, Justin? That's a unique question. Um, one thing's for sure: neither one of them really had any playing experience. Um, both had fantastic arms above above average athletes um Malik needed more development mechanically whereas Quinn needed to be back introduced into the flow of competitive football after taking kind of a, a, a large break so to speak and so it's a good question but there are definitely some some similarities but top to bottom um that that's kind of how I would compare them I think Malik is really really on the on the on the traje uh, high trajectory like i love what that, that guy's going to be able to do as a backup this year and i, I want to see him get in games bobby i want to see what he looks like with live bullets because we've seen the glow up now i want to see what the grow up yep that's good good way to put it all right um question on this it would be interesting to see the jumbo offensive line package 
You know, uh, interestingly, we haven't seen yet who they're going to use as the Andre Carriage replacement. Justin, well, we we pretty much we, know it's going to be Cameron Williams. You think it's going to be Cam Williams and not and Neto? I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be could be both of Cam Williams and Neto. Interesting. And so they'll 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 push both of those guys in there. That's exactly what they did later in the spring as well. Okay. Interesting. Good good conversation there. Uh, Scott B, what would would like to see Byron Murphy in a jumbo package as a blocker as well, and maybe a runner like the fridge for short yardage critical plays. We don't have a tried and true power runner. I'm getting Roy Miller flashbacks. <laughs> he was the first one at Texas that really did it right. Some people would remember Henry Melton as a running back, by the way. Uh before only other, yeah, the different. only people are Henry and Melton. That kid tried to jump over, hurdle a defensive back at Ohio State, run through this man. Come on, Henry. He always looked like Shrek to me, too. I loved Henry. He played in the league for a minute. Oh, for quite a while. He had a, no, I mean like a good minute. He, he, went to a, he had a couple contracts. Oh, yeah. No, he made some money. Um, yeah. Cody Coe, uh, this is really for you, Justin. You spent a lot of time with the offensive line. I um I y'all think DJ Campbell can move into the starting five. I do. Yes, I do, especially after seeing him yesterday. I do feel like he can. Um the question's gonna be does Jake Majors hold down center or does Cole Hudson get into that those reps a little bit? They're they're alternating there as well when he's not doing right guard stuff. That's gonna be an option. Uh especially when Connor do running with the twos, um, Robertson, that is. And so, yeah, I can see him moving in there. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. But Campbell looked as physical as anybody the first two days. I like him. I, I don't think there's any question he can. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see just how – what what it, does Cole Hudson start getting a look at left guard? If, if, if DJ Campbell – because Cole Hudson's smarter – yeah, um, than the average Joe when it comes to knowing how to play offensive line. He might be able to handle more cross training. Um, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's keep, let's keep going here. Thanks uh, for the question there, Cody. Justin Yarbo with this super chat. What do you all think of the team's overall speed compared to the last few seasons? And what are some high school games y'all are looking forward to? Mine's Texas City versus Ball High, and I'm taking Texas City. Um, Justin, your thoughts on overall team speed first, and then you take the uh, the uh, high school game as well. You know, it's funny. Every time I feel like a new coach comes into a program, he wants to bring more speed. He always talks about, I want to be faster. It, it's so funny because everyone wants to be faster. I think Texas is pound for pound faster. They lost speed in, in B. John Robinson and, and Deshaun Jamison, but they have it in spades. With, with so many other guys on this roster right now. I, I think they they still could use one of those, you know, Xavier Worthy can fly. Don't don't get me wrong. Jonte Cook is, you know, fast, but more quick than fast. You could still get some blazers on the outside, I feel like. I feel like you could still see some more of those. But top to bottom, the defense is so much faster. I, I think losing overshone bites, but Anthony Hill comes in and adds that element. Mo Blackwell has a suddenness to his game with, with, with speed as well. And 
Keith, you know, with Keaton Crawford and Derek Williams at safety, I know they're backups, but there's more athleticism back there now on that back end. It's a good question. And ball high is loaded. Not loaded. They are good this season. Jonah Williams is the number one linebacker in the country. 2025, they got a great 2024 wide receiver in Will Sianfrini, a really long kid that can, can go up and get it. That's going to be a good game, Justin. Appreciate it. Yep. Um, which one are you looking forward to most seeing this game? What what high school game? Oh, man. <laughs> you can only pick one? Yep, only Lufkin, one. Longview Lufkin. That's that's your that's your hood, isn't it? That's week one. That's my week one every year. Long you Lufkin. They hate each other and they play hard. <laughs> All right. I, I, I would say this. A hateful oh, respect. A hateful respect. So I will say this. I've I've been saying since about 2010, 11, 12, uh, this is the best Texas team I see. I think it's the speediest team, too, um, on both sides of the ball. Yes. Um I would say that there were some early teams in like 2011 and 12 on defense that had some speed. So I, I want to make sure I, I don't, I'm not trying to minimize those, but overall team speed. Yes. I, I think this is the best it's been. Uh, so uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens uh, from here. All right. A uh, couple of more questions here. Uh, here we go. Britt Rasco has one. Uh, do you think the coaches and players meet after practice to discuss how Bobby and Jerry look? Just kidding. Great work, guys. <laughs> they definitely do for Justin. They, they actually ask, you know, what hat is Justin going to wear tonight? That's 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 one of the things they want to know about Justin Wells. I appreciate it, Britt. Thank you all uh, for doing that. Um, let's keep going. This one's a take me back down. Um, Butch. Uh, yeah. Uh, do y'all remember the running back Butch had not what happened with him? Uh, so I was actually in school and working for the team when Butch was playing for Texas. So yes, I definitely remember him. And I remember the day or the very moment that he came off the bench in the fourth quarter to run the ball down the throat of Oklahoma, um, and give Texas a huge spark in that game ended up uh, winning on a Peter Gardere, uh, post route to, I think it was either Johnny Walker or one of the cash twins. Um, uh, he um, did not love the weight room, if that makes sense. Like you know, some guys, they keep getting better, keep getting better. Uh, Butch was not one of those guys uh, in, and ran into some off-field stuff. I'm not sure where he's at these days. He was always extraordinarily talented, uh, but he just never got that speed uh, that you would need. But from a physicality standpoint, I, I remember uh, – Daryl Royal actually described this to a group, including Bill Little, the longtime sports information uh, department director, uh, and asked, does Butch Hadnot at this time remind you any of all, any at all of Earl Campbell? This is a true story, Justin. Yeah, I, this, I was I was 20 years old at the time and Daryl Royal thought about it for a second and said, hmm. no. When Earl ran, snot flew. <laughs> he knocked people into next week, basically, is what he said. And so uh, that's uh, that's a uh, story from uh, the the old Daryl uh, Royal days. Uh, he's he's well. beloved here in the in the in the Rose Capital. 
Oh, uh, I bet he is. Yeah. His name is all is all over everywhere for okay. good reason too. Yeah, Nolmo with a question two thousand. Sounds like Sadir is the undisputed monster by size on the defense. Yes. Who's our offensive monster by size? Who, you're, who are the undisputed monsters on offense and de- and defense by play style? Uh, the other to, offensive monster is, is going to be Cameron Williams. Yeah, by playing style. I tell you what's interesting. I can see now why and how Jalen Catalan. He is tiny. He's not a tall guy. Five nine, five ten. But he is built. Like he's broad he's gotten thicker since high school for sure. Yeah, he looks like he I, I explained this today. That that would be one I said Jalen Ford. Anthony Hill long term is gonna look amazing if he just keeps working hard. Um Billy Walton will look like a Adonis if he keeps growing yeah, into his I, frame. And, I'll tell you who else might is is uh Colton Vosick. Oh we haven't, we haven't mentioned yes, him. Sir. But he's gonna he if he keeps just growing, he's the, he's got the shoulders are different than Burke. That's how you can tell the difference. In him. Yep. Those shoulders are broad. They called him uh, 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 Christian Jones called him today. Called him Baby Bosa for 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 Joey Bosa. I guess that's pretty bold. Yeah, no, it well, is. But they is it for Joey? I, I don't know. There's like five of them. Uh, yeah, there is. I don't know which one. It is. <laughs> But my, my point being that it's pretty it, it's pretty complimentary, obviously. Absolutely. Um, I, Malik Murphy as a quarterback doesn't look like a quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't say any of the running backs are absolute monsters. Cedric Baxter has that physique, but that's going to be two or three years down the road. Um, oh, Isaiah Nayor at receiver. He's big. Does, I know. He doesn't look like a wide I mean, yes, he's a wide receiver because he's got – kind of thin but he is absolutely enormous uh he does not look like if you if you were to go up to him you would not say oh you're a wide receiver aren't you you'd think are you a defensive end are you an outside linebacker you agree with that justin yes i I definitely would from an outside linebacker standpoint i feel like in the during his absence during his in his his rehab he worked on his arms (laughs) yeah a lot yeah um all right, here we go. Hey, this is a nice one from Britt Rasco. Uh, thank you guys for renewing my interest in college football. It is a true delight to hear the expert commentary. The depth of the knowledge is unparalleled. Hey, we enjoy doing this. I know Justin and I talk about it, Jerry and I uh, as well. It's fun. Oh, yeah, and here's the, here's Matt, our producer, putting in the shameless plug for one month for one year, or $1 for one month. Uh, At least he's not Texas. giving us the special plays coming or whatever. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. Masonic Penny, any update on Tassili Akana? I haven't heard or seen much of him for being top five at his position coming out of high school. Justin, he, you want just, me to got on, he just got on campus, you know, yeah. a couple of months ago, but he's, he's been there early. I actually had somebody ask me about him um, earlier today as well. It's still super early. He's wearing the number 46 this year. He's going to probably more than, you know, more than likely that he's headed for a red shirt. And but I think he's going to be similar to Leona in that he comes with a mindset. He comes with a mentality. They are they're very lunch pail like it, it, it is. It is ingrained in their family, in their DNA to come to work. This is a job to be mature. And I think Akana is going to be that type of guy. He and, and don't forget, you know, he's there's some athleticism in his family. And I think as long as he can develop, 
he'll be a good contributor, you know, down the road. Yep, absolutely. Um, here we go. Got time for a couple more questions here. Robert Muhammad, uh, can Texas go 10 and 2 if they give up 25 points a game? They gave up uh, 21 points a game last year. Yes. So I don't think they're going to give up 25 points a game, right? I don't either, but I think the offense would would be at least 6 points better. Yeah. I uh, I'm not a stats guy. You know that, Justin. I do follow them, but I'm not this I'm not you know what I mean by that. I like that, 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 that little, one of those little bubble clouds, but yeah, I'm not a stats guy. Well, uh, talk, Babe Ruth at 357. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, I talked to Phil Steele last week. Yes, um, that was good stuff. And, and he is a stats guy, to say the least. Um, he feels like he runs like several different algorithms and numbers. Uh, he felt like Texas would average, uh, Texas opponents would average. 21 plus a game, maybe. Yeah. And Texas offensively would average 39 plus. The that's, biggest, the biggest experience, is a big analytics guy. And I'm telling you, this offense has that. That's why I feel confident in telling Robert. I, I think so. I really do. Okay. Got it. Um, thanks, Robert, for the uh, super chat. Um, Corey J. Uh, Corey wants to know Do you think we're going to game plan for Bama and can install plays versus Rice? Um, I'm trying to figure, am I missing that? Okay. Do you think we can game plan for Bama and call install plays versus rice? Um, basically, basically the idea here is how much are they going to be working on rice as opposed to how much are they going to be working on Bama two weeks before? And every coach is going to tell you the same thing. We're focused on rice. They're all, we're, we're looking forward to rice. We're trying to, to, to find, you know, fine tune our game plan against rice. But the players are human. The coaches are human. It's only natural to be thinking about Alabama. And one way to keep that balance, Sark, we'll have some stuff installed for Bama. You're not going to see it against Rice, but you're going to see it installed. Over, I mean, it's going to get installed over the next three weeks to, uh, to the end of the month. And so they're going to be working on that up until that Saturday night in Bryant-Denny Stadium. But – Rice is going to be pretty vanilla. Yeah, Rice, it, they shouldn't have to do too much. You know what I mean? Um, UT boy, Bobby, how did Jonte look? Uh, you know what? He had a good practice today. Uh, he was also singled out by both Christian Jones and Byron Murphy today in the post-practice interviews as a freshman that was probably going to be able to play early. I will tell you that Jonte looked very natural returning punks today. That's why I feel um, like he'll be on kickoff too. He catches I, the ball in the cone, Bobby. He's yeah, I, he does. And I will say this: uh, Kevin's Coach Sweeney at, at Desoto did a tremendous job with him as well. Okay, he 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 did a good job tracking the ball. I mean, people will say, "Well, why is Xavier Worthy your your uh, uh, punt return guy?" Well, track because if he doesn't track the ball well, tracking as a center fielder is different than tracking as a wide receiver. Punt return is about tr- tracking the ball as a center fielder, right, Justin? Yes. That's different. Jonte, however, looked like he he's kind of both those, if that makes sense. He, he, he did a nice job. Too, and great feet. He did a nice job timing stuff today, uh, for, for my opinion. Uh, looks like uh, Syracuse Horn and I went to high school – I went to college at the same time. I remember going to a haunted house with Keith and Kerry Cash. 
when I lived in Jester in 1990. <laughs> Love those dudes. I wonder if that they people can get away with the same things we used to get away with in those dorms uh, back in the day uh, nowadays. All right, a couple more questions here, and then we're going to call it 8817, my guy lost. Do we beat Kansas, Bobby? Come on, man. It's the one game I'm super nervous about. Justin, I, I have a hard time seeing Kansas stopping Texas, but I do think it's the one offense that can really give Texas all kinds of headaches. They lost their whole D-line. That matters, yeah. especially for what they wanted to do last year. That's that 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 factored into them staying competitive in a lot of those games when Daniels went out. Daniels is back on offense. There's a reason he's the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. I was asked a handful of times after Big 12 Media Days, "Who's who's Texas going to play in the Big 12 Championship? Who's the other team?" I go through a few. Kansas is the one I named. One of the few that I name. It sounds silly. It sounds crazy. Jalen Daniels can ball. They are bought into Leopold. He's doing some good stuff, but I feel like them losing that defensive front is going to be not enough. Texas needs to get on them early, and they need yeah, to, that too. They need to be able to run on run the ball and get on them early. I will say this: uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, and you and I were down at Big Twelve Media Days together, Justin. I liked Lance Leopold. I don't uh, I, I like him as, as a coach. Uh, Elijah Perez, thanks for the super check here. I'm drowning in burnt orange Kool-Aid. Drink up. Can y'all share some truth bombs to keep expectations realistic? I've been burned before. Haven't we all? That is the story of Texas Longhorns for much of the past decade. Um, I will say this. Uh, we talked about the deficit. There, there just isn't much depth at, at prepared depth at defensive end right now. Yeah. Quinn Ewers did not have a great year last year. You expect him to play better. What if he doesn't? I'm after that, Justin, every other position. There's on no the bell Cal running back, but John, I mean, dude, Jonathan Look, Brooks looks, looks like a million it, bucks. But you saw him yesterday. I mean, he looks like a million bucks. I mean, but 2 million Texas fans have been drowning in burn orange Bijan. And so yeah. I think that one, I, I, I think it's Cedric Baxter's going to have a Cedric Benson-like effect. It'll be later in the season. He's just, but that's that's a worry. It's not there yet. And yeah. Hodges Mitchell, yeah, it, it remains to be seen. Yep. All right, uh, Dax Kelm, are you impressed with Sark's new edge coach choice? Is he imp enough to impress recruits? I think he's part of the puzzle there. Um, it's too early to tell if I'm impressed with him. He hasn't been – when they – the defensive ends, and people need to understand this, when they go during the media window, they're on, they're one of the furthest groups from everywhere else, just so everybody understands that. So we don't get to see a lot of that one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and or hear what they're saying. Uh, so it's kind of hard uh, for us to, to get there. I'm going to end with this, Justin. Thank you all, everybody, for joining us tonight. But I want to end with this question. I, th I think it's a good one. Run blocking will be 25% better, and I'm going to put the question mark on that. What do you think, Justin? If if Devon Campbell is starting, I think the run blocking will be 25% better. If it's not, I think it will be more of a balance, 50-50. Yeah, I think it's going to be better. The question is, 
hump. 25% better may not be 25% more production um, because there's no Bijan or Roshan. Now, I will say this. Um, based on what I've seen, uh, Roshan was the leader of this team, but I think Jonathan Brooks is a more talented running back. I, I, I firmly believe that. I don't think he'll run through as many tackles. Right. Like he, he, has more, he has more natural vision, more nat, more nuanced. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Rashawn Johnson could play linebacker in the NFL for the Chicago Bears next week. Jonathan Brooks is going to play running back because that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. I, I want to say thank you all uh, again tonight. Uh, we're having a lot of fun with this stuff. Uh, thanks uh, for Super Chats from Skydog, Dax Kelm, Robert Muhammad, Antonio Harris, Texas Boy, John Campbell. And uh, don't forget, I've got that uh, screenshot. Uh, we're going to put that up on the board of where to eat in Tuscaloosa if you're going down uh, for that game. Uh, Clay E., Jeffrey K., Masonic Penny, Justin Yarbrough again, Britt Rasco, and Elijah Perez. Guys, you guys have a good night. Uh, we'll be on tomorrow. Jerry will be back. Ian Boyd's going to talk a little bit with us as well. Uh, for Justin Wells of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been tonight's On Texas Football.